you know, leading up to politically, you know, the Republicans are being painted as those who want to get rid of it and they're trying to, to dance around that. And so Democrats are really using it as a, a way to push back politically as, you know, if you need Social Security and don't vote Republican. But at the same time, on underlying it all is that an effort to balance a budget is not not a bad effort. It's not a bad conversation to have necessarily. Uh, let's bring in Congressman Larson here. I'm Brian and Company in WTIC News Talk 1080. Congressman, how are you this morning? Great, Brian. How are you? I'm doing very well. So the age is, the, the, the retirement age is moving to 67. And, you know, is that already factored into the, the numbers moving forward, or do we not know what the impact will be on yeah, the, the, solvency? In fact, Brian, the, uh, that was determined back in 1983, uh, which is the last time that Congress, which now will mark the 40th year that we haven't done anything significant with regard to Social Security, except last January, the age became 67. And that was something that was put in back in 1983 when Ronald Reagan was president and Bob Dole and uh, Tip O'Neill famously came up with uh, an extending a program. And, of course, today's news by the CBO that the uh, if Congress does nothing again now, Social Security has moved up a full two years uh, to be in default. Now, the program would still be there. It would just pay 20 percent less than what it's currently paying uh, because the funds will be diminished. So that's all the more reason why Social Security uh, uh, has got to be addressed and uh, should have been. Congress hasn't addressed it in 50 years. There hasn't been an enhancement to Social Security, Brian. Yeah, and you know, to me, you know, I, I, I saw one economist simplified it. Like the only way to change things is either you send out less or you bring in more. I mean, it's really exactly. a simple equation, and you know it, it is. And and I I actually understand the the need to or the desire to balance a budget, and I think that the effort to do so would need some cuts across the board. But I I also feel like there's a way to preserve Social Security without even having to add more to the debt or deficit. So just remind people what what you would like to do from here forward. Well, number one, uh, as I said, Social Security hasn't been expanded in more than 50 years. Look, the cost of um, uh, uh, what uh, a gallon of milk eggs, was. Uh, eggs, John, to Congressman Larchman, it's eggs now. The eggs are the expensive eggs, item now. Eggs is expensive items. Well, I know that milk was like 72 cents back in 1971, uh, <laughs> uh, et cetera. And so people know that the cost of living has changed dramatically over 50 years. But yet Congress has not kept pace. And it's only Congress that can make this change, Brian. You know this. It's yeah. not something that the Supreme Court is going to act on. It's not anything that President Biden can do through executive order. I mean, he can push for and call for enhances to the pro enhancements to the program, which is what he has. And that's what our proposal does. It's it expands social security across the board, has a COLA that actually works and is based on the real expenses that seniors incur. And for a number of your listeners out there, for many seniors, they've been getting below poverty level checks from the government that they paid into the program on. But how do you pay for that Congressman? How is that paid for? If you get well, what you want. One, number one, they already paid into the program. What Congress needs is to adjust. As you said, there's no big mystery to this, how you pay it. 
Either you're going to cut or you're going to have to increase the revenue. In all the polling data, too, Brian, which is I find very interesting, people are saying, hey, listen, we're more than willing to pay for it because we understand it's a guarantee. We saw what happened just in 2008 and 2009 when people's 401k became a 101k. During that same time period, Social Security never missed the payment. And the public gets it. They know this is an earned benefit. They know they have paid for this, and they know it's the responsibility because it's never missed a a payment. But how do you increase the revenue if you're going to increase the benefit, Congressman? You lift the cap. Most people, I'll bet in your viewing audience, don't even know that there's a cap on Social Security. Now, this year, the cap will be at $157,000, of income. But above that, people don't pay any additional funds. So a guy making thirty dollars or $50,000 a year is paying full bore. Uh, Bill Gates doesn't pay another nickel into uh, Social Security after January the 1st. Yeah, I think and this so is a, I think this is a, the right idea. I mean, I'm not it's not like a tax on the wealthy. It's like why did they put a cap in in the first place? And even if you raised it to right. you know, to 250, like where would it need to go for all of social security problems to go away or for it to be funded in in right now our well, lenses perpetuity? Well, I think I think lifting the cap entirely. Now Bernie Sanders had a bill that he just introduced last week that is at the 250 level. He lifts the cap at 250. But you may recall President Biden made a commitment to say no taxes. Now, I would argue that Social Security is not a tax. It's an insurance premium that people pay for, and they get an insurance product. And what other tax do you pay for where you get a death benefit, spousal coverage, dependent coverage, a disability plan, and a pension plan? And, oh, by the way, it has a 99% loss ratio. And what does that mean? The Social Security system is run effectively and efficiently, one of government's most effective and efficient for less than 1% administrative costs. These are areas we should be focusing on and improving. In other areas of government, we should be saying, yeah, we should hold them to similar standards to get them to be as effective and efficient as Social Security, which throughout COVID has pointed out where that needs improvement, too, in the way that we inform people and give them information. Bottom line is here, the citizens need this. They understand it. It's long overdue for us to step up and provide the relief they they have paid into for all their lives. You know, we're talking with Congressman John Larson in the 1st District here on Brian and Company and WTSE News Talk 1080. Let's talk about the politics side of it, because uh, conventional wisdom would say that your proposal, I don't know what you, if you're going to try to bring something to the floor, if you, if you couldn't get something done in the previous Congress or two, uh, controlled by Democrats in the House, what do you do in a Republican-led House? And so uh, may, maybe some people would say, you know, an expansion of benefits is dead, dead on arrival. I could even maybe make the argument, I just want your reaction to how you're going to bring this, if you're going to bring it to the floor and what's going to happen, is that maybe all this pressure on Republicans because they're being painted as wanting to take it away might actually do some sort of like reflexive response to it and want to do something I, that makes we, sense politically. Well, and I think you're right about your instincts are correct. A number of the Republicans. Now, this is something I've been working at for more than a decade now. And uh, and so I've worked with a number of similar colleagues. Many have left, uh, et cetera. But uh, on the Committee on Ways and Means, which has jurisdiction, there are a number of Republicans who have expressed an interest. And so I think there is an opportunity. But here's what it's all about. 
And this is what I think uh, people in the fourth estate have got to do of members of Congress. Not just what's your plan, what is your legislation and how does it work? And let's have a public hearing. You don't need a behind the doors closed meeting. We need a public hearing. As you said, there's no mystery to this. You're either going to cut or you're going to make increases. And if you're going to make increases, what kind of increases? And are there some logical, like we discussed earlier, lifting the cap? Or is there a de minimis way to phase things in over a period of time? Because these are actuarial tables that we have to meet. But the real concern is you can't get overborne with actuarialism while you're trying to make sure that people, Brian, imagine 5 million Americans get a below poverty level check for Social Security having worked all their lives. Imagine that. That's less than $12,800 a year. Yeah, I mean, it's meant to be a compliment and not a sole source of income, but your point is, exactly. is well taken. I, You know, we're out of time, Congressman. This is a, you got to come in studio. I mean, it's, I, I, I think it's a really. I'd love, love to come in studio because I think that this is the topic. As you pointed out at the outset, you know, Social Security and Medicare, it does it, that accounts for 40% of the spending in the federal government. Wow. And there's a reason for that. And because they're two of the most vital programs. And, you know, when you hear, you know, President Trump going on the offensive now saying, oh, no, no, we can't cut uh, Social Security or Medicare. He actually said that back in 2016. I gave him credit then. And uh, he's kind of turned around the debate in the Republican Party. And, uh, you know, that's why you saw uh, DeSantis kind of doing the Michael Jackson moonwalk on this now and, uh and uh, I think uh, it's Senator all- Johnson also is now recanting his position as well. So there is, as you point out, an opportunity to do something for the people. Put your program out there, a.k.a. legislation, and then let's vote. Yeah, That's what we're supposed to do. Congressman, be well. We appreciate the insight and the time. All right. Always, Brian. All right. Congressman John Larson in the 1st District.